Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says this, But we have this treasure in jars made out of what? Yeah, made out of clay. Now with that in mind, listen to uh, Psalm 31. The psalmist says this, I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like what kind of pottery? Like broken pottery. Everybody say broken. Broken. Everybody say broken. broken. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. So Grab a seat at all of our campuses, if you would, and I'm going to set things up today by sharing this with you. Back in 1998, I took a trip to the country of Israel with some folks right here at Christ Fellowship, as well as some people in Miami, and we had a fascinating time there. So let me tell you how that trip unfolded. To begin with, our plane landed in Tel Aviv. From there, we took a travel bus up to the Golan Heights, crossed over into the country of Jordan, and then headed south all the way down to the Dead Sea, at which point we crossed over back into Israel. Now, folks, picture this, because as we entered that region of the Dead Sea, there were two sites that just pervaded the landscape. Here they are. Number one, sheep. They were everywhere. And number two, shepherds who were watching over those sheep. I got to tell you, it was like a trip back into Bible days. In fact, a lot of people on the bus were saying that it reminded them of those shepherds who attended the birth of Christ long, long ago. But for me, folks, for me, I thought about another shepherd. Specifically, I thought about a shepherd boy who who lived in that same region of the Dead Sea, but not so long ago. His name was Muhammad, not the Muhammad of Islam, the Quran, but this, this kid's name was Muhammad. And Muhammad tended to sheep, was a shepherd right there in that region of the Dead Sea back in the 1900s. In fact, that's exactly where you would have found Muhammad back in the year 1947. So I want you to slip into the scene. Because Muhammad was tending to sheep just east east of Bethlehem and right there around the Dead Sea. But as often happens with shepherds, one of his sheep strayed off among the caves that are common around the Dead Sea. But get this, as Muhammad chased after his goat, as he chased after this sheep, he noticed this one cave in particular. It was very dark inside and the mouth of it was barely big enough to even crawl into. And so faced with the curiosity of a, of a boy, Muhammad found a rock. He took aim, I'm not going to throw it into the screen, so don't worry. 
he took aim and he threw the rock. And his aim was good and the rock disappeared inside the cave. But as opposed to hearing the expected dull thud, Muhammad heard the sound of crackling pottery. So he investigated the cave. He crawled inside and he found that the pottery that he had broken was actually jars of clay. Specifically, they were the kind of jars of clay that were used in Bible days to carry water, to hold water. And there were dozens of them in there. Only these were not holding water. They were holding scrolls, specifically scrolls of the very Word of God. And folks, you know the story. Muhammad eventually reported what he had found. News spread. Investigations into the cave followed. And listen, the archaeological institutions and the historical institutions of the world were stunned by what this boy had found. Muhammad had unwittingly stumbled upon the oldest manuscripts of the very Word of God. Dating back, check this out, to 150 years before the birth of Christ. It's reasonable to imagine that Jesus may have seen those scrolls. It's not even unreasonable to think that Jesus may have handled those scrolls because scrolls had to be written and there were very few of them. At any rate, the scrolls became known as the the Dead Sea Scrolls because they were found near the Dead Sea. Now, I want you to stay in the story because these scrolls are remarkable not just because of how old they are, but also because of this. The Dead Sea Scrolls, these ancient manuscripts of the Word of God, actually validate our modern manuscripts. They validate our modern Bibles. And here's how. When scholars lay the Dead Sea Scrolls alongside the manuscripts from which your Bible is translated, they're identical. They're the same. Line for line, word for word, jot for jot, tittle for tittle, they are identical. You say, so what? The so what is this. For any Christians who may have doubted that we have an accurate translation of the Bible, they are forever relieved of that doubt. They are delivered from that doubt by the Dead Sea Scrolls. God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Jesus went so far as to say, not even a jot or a tittle will disappear from the word of God. A jot and a tittle. I told you last time, where those little faint accent-looking marks, little dots in the Hebrew. Jesus said, not even one of those will disappear. And we, we lay those scrolls beside our scrolls that we translate from. The dots are there. The tittles are there. The jots are there. Proving that God has made true to his promise. By the way, historians tell us that the scrolls were actually probably stuffed in these jars and shoved, hidden back in these caves in haste to protect them. 
Likely when Israel was being invaded, maybe by Antiochus Epiphanes IV, maybe by the Romans who would destroy them. So, so the Jewish people stuffed them in these regular jars of clay and then hid them back inside these caves. And folks, check this out. For 2,000 years, those manuscripts of the word of God were unknown to the world. For 2,000 years, the, the veracity, the confidence that they could have given God's people about the word of God, for 2,000 years, those scrolls were not only contained in those pots, but they were concealed. They were hidden away from the world until, until one day a rock came flying inside that cave, bam, and hit one of those rock, those jars. And that jar was broken. And it was then that the word of God began to come out of those caves. Think about it. For 2,000 years, for 2,000 years, the word of God was hidden. It was concealed in these jars. But when one of those jars became broken, broken jars just can't hold the word of God. And the word of God began to just overflow out of that cave. And the word of God began to spread to all the world. Think about it. It's amazing. God used, think about it, God used a broken jar as the catalyst to spread his word. God didn't use a whole jar. God didn't use a jar that had it all together. God used a broken jar as the catalyst to start spreading the word to the rest of the world. Now, folks, let me turn a corner and bring all of that over to us. Because what an image of life. You see, I don't have to tell you that life has a way of impacting us, doesn't it? And it also has a way of breaking us. We can become like broken jars. Our families are broken. Our homes are broken. Our children get broken. Our finances get broken, relationships get broken, our heart gets broken, our body gets broken, our spirit even gets broken, our confidence gets broken, and we become broken people, we become broken families. And we can tend to think at times like that, because I am so broken, because my life is so broken, because our family is so broken, we tend to think, well, God can't use me right now. God, can, God needs people who, whose lives are whole. God can only use people who, who have it together. God can't use me, I'm broken. And who knows, maybe that describes you today. Maybe you came in here today thinking, God can't use me because I'm so messed up, I'm so broken. Listen, if that's what you've been thinking, I've got good news for you. In fact, this is my proposition. This is what I want you to walk out the door with today. God not only does use people whose lives are broken, he loves to use people whose lives are broken or have been broken. In other words, just like the jars of clay, those broken jars of clay, they became the catalyst to spread the word of God out of that cave. Just like that, God often uses Christians whose lives are broken to become a catalyst to spread the word of God to the world around us. 
Now, you might be saying, well, Rick, wait a minute. That all sounds good, but you don't know how messed up we are. (laughs) You don't know how messed up our family is. You don't know how broken my world is, my life is. How could God possibly use me in such a broken state? We're going to find out today as we go back to the book of Revelation to some of these other passages. And I want to give you two, two primary thoughts today. How many of you have your listening guides at all of our campuses? Raise those in the air. Two thoughts. Here we go if you're filling in the blanks. Number one, a little bit of re- review from last time. God compares all Christians to jars of gold. Is that what it says? He compares us to what? Yeah, jars of clay. Listen to verse 7 again. But we have this treasure in jars made out of what? Yeah, made out of clay. Now stop there because God just compared all human beings, and in particular, all Christians, to jars of clay. Now you might be saying, why would God do that? Why would he compare us to clay jars? Well, for one thing, that's what we're made out of. Physiologically, we're made out of dirt. Genesis 1 and 2 says when God created human beings, he made us from the dirt of the ground. In fact, he named the first man Adam, Adam, which means what? Yeah, dirt man. You remembered that. Yeah, if you're a guy, you're a dirt guy. You're a dirt man. If you're a girl, you're a, ladies, you're a, you're a dirt girl. Yeah. Don't you feel better about yourself? But folks, it's not unreasonable, since that is what we're made out of, it's not unreasonable for for God to compare us to clay jars. We're like that, in that sense. But that being said, you need to remember this, write this down as A, Christians, yeah, we're clay jars, but we contain, we contain a great what? We contain a great treasure. The text says, but we have this treasure in us. We have it in us, jars of clay. But that raises the question, though, what is the treasure that we contain? God, if we have a treasure in us, what is that treasure? This is where Revelation 6 comes back in. Verse 9, remember this? When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the, the what? The word of God and the testimony that they had maintained, literally that they had inside of them. In other words, folks, picture it. Just like those jars of clay inside of that that cave contained a treasure, a priceless treasure of the Word of God, just like that, every believer in here contains inside you the treasure of God, the testimony of God, the story of God, the favor of God, the presence of God. You have that in you. Yes, you're made out of clay. Yes, your body's worth about, a, like we said last time, about a buck fifty. But you have this treasure inside of you, even though you're a jar of clay. By the way, i got to add this. Write this down as B. God has a variety of jars of clay, doesn't he? Look around. And by that, I mean when God created us, He created us all different, didn't he? He created some male and some female. He created some black, some white, some Asian, some Hispanic, some Native American. He created some with long hair, some with short hair. 
Created some with brown hair, some with brown, uh, blonde hair, some with brown hair, some with red hair, some with no hair. <laughs> he created some with blue eyes, some with green eyes, some with brown eyes, some with hazel eyes. He created some tall, some short, some tall, <laughs> some short. He created some with, with little mouths. Created some with big mouths. <laughs> he created some with little bottoms. He created some with, yep, big bottoms. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Why did God make us all so different? Was it to divide us? Was it to segregate us? No. He made us different and unique and different from each other because our God is creative. Our God is an artist in his heart, and he loves diversity. He loves variety. He did not create one man and then Xerox copies of us. He did not make one human being and then mass produce that human being. He created every one of us, different sizes, shapes, colors, hair, eyes. Why? Because he's creative. Folks, this is what makes Christ Fellowship so special. 70 plus nationalities of people of all colors, races, countries, ethnicities from every tribe and language and people right here. We now have not only local campuses but global campuses. I hope you appreciate how, how rare this is. I think when God puts us out in front of the world, God shows off when he shows Christ Fellowship. God shows off his creativity. God shows off his artistry. He says, look at all those, those different people and how they have rallied together, unified around the word of God and around the gospel and a love for Jesus Christ. That's us. But listen, you also need to know this. God not only has a variety of clay jars, but write this down to see. God also has broken jars. God also has some broken jars. Listen to verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. And listen to what Paul, the Apostle Paul says about us jars of clay. Listen to verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down but we are not what? Destroyed. Yeah, we're not destroyed. You say meaning what? Meaning, meaning many Christians, many in this, this, these auditoriums and all of our campuses have been hard-pressed by life, have been hard-stressed by life. And for some of us, for some of us, at some point, we have gotten broken by life. And who knows, who knows, maybe you came in today, and as I've been talking about that, you, you're saying, boy, can I relate to this, boy, can we relate to this as a family. Maybe you came in today and you'd say our home is broken, or our relationship is broken, our children is, are broken, maybe your finances are broken, maybe your work is broken, your business is broken, maybe your heart has been broken, your spirit has been broken. It's like that passage that I read, it says this, it says, I have become like broken pottery. 
And folks, I got to tell you, broken pottery, brokenness has been the story of my life, it seems like. I have just, it just seems like I have been impacted, especially physically, but even spiritually by so many forces. And sometimes, sometimes I feel broken on the outside physically. Other times I have felt broken in my heart. I have been broken in my spirit. But let me tell you something. Here's what you need to know. It has never stopped God from being able to use me. Being broken has never stopped God from being able to use me. In fact, to the contrary, it seems like the more I get broken, the more I get hit, the more God says, you know what, I'm going to show the world my power. I'm going to use you even more. And the word of God just continues to flow out. And listen, that is true for you just because you're broken. Just because you walked in broken today, your family, your, your, your house, or you, doesn't mean God can't use you. Because God not only has jars of clay, write this down as two, just so you get it, big number two, God uses broken jars of clay. Again, you might be saying, Rick, how? How could he do that? Well, I want to, know, want to, want to not only show you how he can use you, use you, but why he can use you. And why he can especially use you if you're broken. Here's how. Here's why. Write this down as A. Broken jars contain a powerful God story. Like unbroken jars don't. Broken jars often have a God story inside of them. Listen to the passage again. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. They get broken. Verse 8. We are perplexed on every side, but not crushed. Everybody say, not crushed. crushed. Listen to this. We are persecuted, but we've never been abandoned by God. Everybody say, not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Everybody say, not destroyed. destroyed. Listen, that is the broken jar story. The broken jar story is this. Yes, I have been afflicted. God has allowed me to be afflicted, but I am not crushed. He's never allowed that. Yes, I have been going through great tribulation, but God's favor has always been with me. God's presence has always been with me. God's spirit has always been with me to get me through that time of great tribulation. Yes, my my spirit has been broken at times. My heart has been broken at times, but my spirit and my heart have never been shattered You see, listen, here's what I want you to understand. Those are the kind of stories that when the world hears it, they're struck by that. They're struck by that. When you say, yeah, I've been going through affliction, and and I've even felt broken, but I'm not in despair. I'm not depressed. I'm not shattered And you tell them, because God has been with me the entire journey. God is seeing me through this. God is faithful. God loves me. His favor is still on me. I'm telling you, when the world hears that story, they're struck by it. By the way, by the way, i got to say this. I get weary of hearing pastors say that the most powerful story is for you to say, God made me rich. God made me wealthy. 
God made me successful. God made me powerful. This is my thoughts. That kind of preaching attracts people who are greedy. It attracts the most greedy among us. It attracts people who are self-centered, who are self-absorbed, and who see God as a means to their end. They look at God like Santa Claus. They look at God like a genie. They rub his lamp and he pops out of the bottle and says, let me grant you three wishes. But God has never promised that kind of stuff. And what they do is they set people up for disappointment with God when God doesn't do all of that. The fact of the matter is, folks, the fact of the matter is, the Bible says, for example, in 1 Peter for the Bible says, for some people, it is the will of God for you to suffer. Let me say that again. First Peter 4, it is the will of God for you to suffer. And listen, folks, it's often when we suffer, it's often when we, we get broken by life that, that we, we sense God's presence the most. That's been my story. It's been when I have been broken, when I have been broken by life and I sensed that I needed God, that I sensed his presence the most, that I sensed his, his favor upon me, that I sensed that he was close. In fact, listen to what Psalm 34 says. It says, the Lord is close to the successful. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. The Lord is close to the wealthy. Now, there's nothing wrong with being successful, nothing wrong with being wealthy, but that's not what this is talking about here. This says the Lord is close, almost as if specifically to those who are brokenhearted and saves those who are broken in spirit. See, that's our testimony. That's our testimony. You see, it's, often when, it's, it's it, often when our lives get cushy and easy, we can lose that sense of God's presence, the need for God. But broken jars lean into God, and when broken jars lean into God, God leans back into us. We contain, we contain that story, don't we? You know, I sang last week, I promise I won't this week, but this is my story. This is my song. I have that story in me like a jar of clay, but write this down as B. This is so important. I just said broken jars contain the story, but now I'm saying broken jars can't contain their story. In other words, folks, just like the jars of clay, the Dead Sea jars of clay, before they were broken, they, were, they concealed the word of God inside of them. And they, they were stuffed back in that cave, and they were hidden away from the world. But then God allowed a rock to fly in there and break one of those jars. And when that jar was broken, the story that that jar was holding, the Word of God, broken jars, they, they, can't, they can't contain the Word of God. It just, it, just, it just keeps spilling out of them. Folks, what an image, what an image of us. You see... When, we're, when our life is cushy and when things are rosy, you know what happens to the church? We tend to not only contain the, the treasure of God's word, we have a tendency to conceal it. And the church, our, our campuses become like a cave. 
We tend to hide out in the cave and keep the word of God to ourselves. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, God begins to break some of us. And as we get broken and we find that God is faithful even in our brokenness, that he walks with us, that he's going to see us through it, that his favor is upon us, that he's faithful to us, all of a sudden that story just comes out of us. You can't keep it in you, even if somebody said, I'm going to kill you if you say that again. You can't, you can't stifle it. You can't keep it in. Example in point, listen to Revelation. Verse 9 again. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. Why? Because of the word of God and because of the testimony they maintained. But folks, mind you, this is the great tribulation. This is that tribulation period, that future tribulation period. And during that time, God's people will suffer great persecution. And you will be forbidden to speak the word of God. But those believers at that time will not be able to hold it back. The world will be saying, you either shut up about God or we're going to shut you up. But these jars are going through the tribulation, and the world is going, oh, this is so horrible, this is so bad, it's war, and it's calamity, and all this. And the believers are saying, yeah, it's bad, but boy, is God ever with us. Is God's favor ever with us. God is seeing us through this tribulation. And the world starts saying, shut up about that. And they're saying, we can't shut up about it. We have to say it. It's just, we're broken jars, and this testimony just won't, it just won't stay inside of us. You see, folks, the same effect happens to you and me. Again, it's, it's when we're broken that we become most thankful. We're just filled up with thanksgiving to God because we see how faithful he is. And how, I, I, again, it's when you're broken that you sense that closeness like you never do before. And you can't contain it. Let me give you an example of this. A few weeks back, I was sitting at home doing what some of us do at night. I started channel surfing. Looking for something. You ever do that? You just, is there anything on this TV? No, no. And all of a sudden, I, I stumble in on a horror movie. I hate horror movies because I don't like to be scared. But this one, the scene I stumbled into, it just captivated me. So let me, let me describe the scene for you. Slip into the scene. This woman, as I, turn, as I get this, this woman is hiding in this closet. And just outside of the closet is a killer, is a murderer, and he's, he is looking for her. He is searching for her. And in the dark, as he goes by the closet, she, and the camera's pointed, she sees him through the slats in the closet going by, and she sees a knife blade glimmer in the dark. And folks, when she sees that knife blade flicker in the dark, she becomes so filled with terror she becomes so filled up with fear that she is about to scream. And so all of a sudden, she's like, she shoves her hand over her mouth to stifle the scream. So she's like this. But she is so filled with terror that she can't keep it in. And she goes, like that, something like that. And this killer, when she does that, he turns around. 
and know she's in the closet, and I changed the channel. I couldn't watch. I did. I didn't want to see. But I thought, what an image of us. When we are broken and we're going through tribulation and we're so filled up with God's presence and his favor and we know that he's with us, you just can't keep it in. You know, you're with your friends and you're like, yeah, we're going through bad times. But let me tell you what God's been doing. And you're like, it's like the lady, you're just like, I can't keep it in. And let me tell you what it is that fills us up that we can't keep in. Write this down to see. Broken jars overflow with thanksgiving. They're thankful. Listen again to verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. They tend to get broken. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now listen to this. All of this is for your benefit. So that the grace of God that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to do what? To overflow to God's glory, to the glory of God. In other words, yeah, in other words, broken jars tend to focus on God's faithfulness, not their own brokenness. Broken jars tend to focus on what God has given to them, not what they don't have. You're ever walking along and you're grumbling to God and all of you see, sudden you see somebody who's paralyzed? See, that's what broken jars do. They're like, God, forgive me if I've ever been disgrateful, ungrateful to you. Broken jars are so filled up with thanksgiving, they can't, they, they can't keep the story in it. Just, it won't hold in a broken jar. It keeps spilling out. Example in point, example in point. Bernadette Todd. How many of you know Bernadette Todd? Yeah, this is Jeff, her husband. Let me, let me give you a... But Bernadette, by the way, is... You see that smile? Forever on her. She's one of the most thankful people I've ever met in my life, but let me give you a story. Bernadette was born in Jamaica and was stricken early on in her life with muscular dystrophy, which left her paralyzed from the neck down. Her... Legs won't move, her arms won't move, her hands won't work, her feet won't work. And yet, she's the most grateful person. You see Bernadette in her wheelchair, and the smile is on her face, and she's always praising God. It's just overflowing. I mean, this is the poster child for broken, right? Broken! And yet, this Thanksgiving just overflows. She can't keep it inside. In fact, about 10 years ago, she came to see me in my office, and she said, Pastor Rick, I want to tell my story of God's faithfulness to people. You know, she, she basically said, by the way, there's Bernadette right back there. Jeff, raise your hand for Bernadette. Yeah. What an inspiration. Bernadette basically said something like this. Bernadette, I can't remember how long ago it was, 10 years, something like that. Been a while back. Bernadette basically said, look, my, my, my legs don't work. My arms don't work, my feet don't work, my hands don't work, but my mouth works. And I want to talk for God. Can you help me get my story out there? So I said, I'll do what I can. So I start calling my pastor friends. Would you like to have Bernadette speak? No. Would you like to have Bernadette's speak? Never heard of it. No. Would you like to have Bernadette's speak? No. 
Finally, one of my pastor friends, I think in, in the Carolinas, yeah, we'll have her. I think he was out of town that week. We'll have her on a Sunday night, a Wednesday night. I forget what it was, Bernadette. But she goes and speaks. He calls me from his vacation and says, hey, something happened at our church last night. and It was really good. People got saved from that girl's testimony. So... So I said, okay, great. Can you, can you hook her up with some more people to get her out there? Let's get her speaking. Let's get her sharing her testimony. This can happen more. So Bernadette starts speaking at these different places all across the country. Then the next thing I know, she starts going to other countries. And one day she came into my office, and I had this little display with all these flags of different countries on it that represented kind of our diversity at Christ Fellowship. She said, hey, I've been to that country right there. Can I have that little flag? Sure, take that one. A few days, a few weeks later, back in, hey, I've been to that country now. Can I have that flag? Yep. A few days like, hey, can I have that flag? Eventually, she took the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> She's been everywhere. In fact, here's a picture of her and Jeff speaking. That's Bernadette right there. Look at this, this, this crowd of people. And thousands of people. You see, what Bernadette has done, Bernadette has taken a bad story and leveraged it to be a God story. She has taken a bad story and made it a a broken jar story. And here's what you need to know about broken jars. Write this down as three and I'm going to stop. Broken jar stories can change lives. Amen, Bernadette? Let me show you another example of that. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. It's amazing. Under the penalty of death, these people couldn't stifle it. In the future, they will not be able to stifle it. They they will have to tell their God story. Their God story is, we're going through the great tribulation, but God is faithful. He's with us. His presence is with us. His favor is with us. And I want you to watch what happens in the next chapter. To 144,000 people. Listen to chapter 7. Right on the heels of that, here's what happens. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed. That means saved. Sealed by God. 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. You say meaning what? Meaning these 144,000 hear these broken jars, not saying we're rich, we're wealthy, but saying we're broken, but God is faithful. We're going through great tribulation, but his favor has been with us. And 144,000 Israeli people will hear their story, that broken jar story, and they will come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Again, folks, Christians can be, we can be like those Dead Sea jars, concealing the Word of God from the world, hiding in the church, hiding inside of the cave. But it's when God begins to break people. Listen, you look at the great movements of God 
that have happened in history. You look at the great awakenings that have happened worldwide. You look at the great revivals that have swept across lands. And you will find that what triggered them, what was the catalyst, was when God's people got broken and they started falling on their knees before God and they got close to God. And this story that was in them, this broken jar story, just wouldn't stay in. It just kept Filling out of the broken jars, and people heard their stories, and they, would get, they got saved. Listen, that's what God wants to do. Everybody at all of our campuses, you've got a story in you. And for many of us, it's a broken star, jar story. And do not think that is not a good story. It's often the best story. And God wants you to leverage it. Let's see people's, let's let, let's, let's let this be the beginning, folks, of this movement of God where the jars of clay said, we're not going to hold this story anymore. We're not going to hold up in the cave. We're going to take it to the 144,000. By the way, to help you do this, we're going to be sending an email to everybody at Christ Fellowship. And if you're not on our email list, we'll show you how to get there. But we're calling it Evangelism and Friendship. Here's how it works. Two key words. We call it this. Invest and invite. Invest in friendships with people and then invite them to Christ. Invest in friendships. You know, don't just go hitting people randomly over here with the Bible. You're, you know, you're going to hell. No. Invest in friendships with them, right? Show them the love of God and then begin to tell them your story. Whatever that story is. God's faithfulness, and then tell them God loves them. And we're going to help you learn how to do that. And let's let, let's let a revival, let's let a movement of God, an awakening of God begin here and let it spill out to our, all of our local campuses and all of our global campuses. And let's, let's reach 144,000. What do you say? Let's see that kind of movement of God. It can happen. Because we're going to be launching more and more campuses, and you're going to hear more and more about that. But let's let our stories out. Well, Christ Fellowship, you've been sitting for a while. Let's stand. Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask our campus pastors to come. Let's all bow in prayer at all of our campuses. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. God, so many people here today connect to that, to, to what we've just read today in the Word, Lord. They connect to the brokenness. There are, there are hearts that are broken, bodies that are broken, there are families that are broken, finances that are broken, spirits are broken. But God, I pray that you would remind every one of them who are going through that, that they are a treasure to you. They carry the treasure of God within them. And God, you'll never leave them. They may be knocked down, but Lord, they'll never be knocked out. God, they may be perplexed about things, but they never need be depressed about things. God, may they sense your favor upon them, your presence with them, and God, the plan that you have to get them through whatever it is that they're going for and going through. Lord, fill us all with a heart of gratitude with a heart that is so full of thanksgiving that we cannot stifle it 
And Lord, may our stories, may our stories, broken as they may be, flow out of us to a world that needs us. Lord, remind every one of us, we are the answer to the question that so many people have. We're the answer to that question. And Lord, many people want to hear that answer. We know there's some that don't. But God, for those who are looking for the answer, may we speak up and let the story just spill out of us and flow to the world. Lord, I speak for all of us. We love you, and we thank you for the way that you love us. In your name we pray. Amen. Christ Fellowship, I love you all. God bless you. I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend. God bless. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.